Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. This episode is brought to you by the Confident Woman Collective. If you've ever felt that you need more community of women that are ready to up-level both professionally, personally, relationally, then definitely make sure you hop in and get more information about the Confident Woman Collective to make sure you're surrounding yourself around the people to best serve you, to help you become your most confident self. All right, ladies, today we have a very special guest with us. We have Hannah Hermanson. Hannah is a powerful catalyst for coaches who are ready to get back into their zone of genius. As the CEO of Done For You Copywriting, she has helped coaches and independent service professionals from a variety of backgrounds take control of their marketing so it's not controlling them. Hannah's innovative approach to marketing for coaching and private practice industry proves to be a huge asset for entrepreneurs looking to hone their branding and scale their business. Also, Hannah's work has been featured in Forbes, Thrive Global, and Book Life Lessons in Success. That's a lot. So I'm excited because I feel like as I'm reading through that, I'm like, yes, yes, uh uh-huh, need that, yep. So. Let's get started with like how you got into this. Obviously, were you an entrepreneur yourself and you discovered like this stuff kind of sucks and it'd be nice if someone did it for me or how did that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was not like the second grader selling candy bars, that kind of entrepreneur at all. I was the like, do the right thing, go to college, get good grades, get a job, sit in your cubicle, collect your 401k, be grateful for your Toyota Corolla. But then what? Like I was working as an academic advisor in Wisconsin and um, thought that was the dream job, like help young people figure out what they want to be when they grow up and set them on their academic path to success. But you might know that there are a few broken pieces of the traditional education system. And so what that actually looked like for me was sitting in a cubicle, sliding a piece of paper across the table and saying, so which of these 30 things do you want to study? And then maybe life will work out for you. Like, I don't even know like what this is all leading us towards. Right. And so I knew I needed, I knew there was something beyond the cubicle and like the traditional education system that I had just kind of been bred to live and work and be in. And so I was seeking all sorts of outlets and actually Rachel and I kind of Um, share some similarities here and that the anxiety or the stress that I felt working in that role that was so out of alignment for me sent me into an eating disorder, over-exercising, and just really, you know, being obsessed with food, body, and weight. And thanks to that window of opportunity or that kind of path that I chose, I ended up getting connected with therapy and then yoga. And like, I was never the type of person who was going to do yoga. I had too much to do, too many calories to burn, too many other things to be busy with. But this yoga thing, like really connected with me to the point of where I started playing hooky from my day job to go to 10 a.m. yoga on Wednesdays with my favorite girl. You know how that happens? And you're just like, she's my favorite, you know? So here I'm at yoga at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays. And I start wondering like, is everyone playing hooky from their real job? Like, how are these other people able to be here every Wednesday at 10 a.m.? And I started connecting with people there. And that's when I learned they were entrepreneurs. Mm. You guys, I still hardly know how to spell the word entrepreneur. (laughs) 
no idea what this whole thing was, right? I was just like, maybe I'll go back to grad school forever and get some freedom. I don't, I had no idea. So I got really curious and I started um, getting more, you know, into what they were up to. And it happened to be that many of them in this class were building a startup. It's called Breathe for Change. And they were helping school teachers bring yoga and mindfulness into their classrooms. And I was like, yoga, education, yes. Right. (laughs) And so one thing led to another and they offered me a full-time job to work in the startup as a wellness consultant. So helping the school teachers learn yoga along the way, I became a registered yoga teacher and I got a coaching certification and they even moved me from snowy Wisconsin, which we were just talking about (laughs) the sunshine state, San Francisco, California, which is again, this like hub of like creatives, entrepreneurs, tech, like no one was working in a cubicle in San Francisco, right? Definitely didn't have Toyota Corollas either. Um, and so that's what really got my, that's what really started my life in this space. And when that startup and I kind of went different directions, we were growing in different ways. I went full into my coaching business six years ago. And the thing that's unique about me in some ways, or like that was different about me, was that I figured out how to get coaching clients. Like a lot of coaches struggle with that because you got the woo woo and the, the, you know, all these tools, but I had a a natural like zone of genius around copywriting, marketing, storytelling, and enrolling people into programs. And so, you know how the evolution goes, right? But after about three years of just being a business coach, I discovered this new problem I could solve (laughs) in just doing the copywriting for coaches. And so that's where done for you copywriting was really born in just kind of following my coaching client trajectory and realizing you don't need me to teach you all this stuff. I don't need to be the professor about sales and marketing. You need to get back into your zone of genius and I can take over the done for you marketing piece. Mm, That's so much goodness right there. Like I'm literally like this, you know, what's so cool is like when you come full circle and now it's like, you're on that other side now to give back to the former version of where you were. And then you've built an entire model around that because not only did you see that need for yourself, you became that, that, you know, the solution to the problem. And now you give back to those other women who, or do you work primarily with women? Yeah, we have a couple guys, but they they're comfortable with their feminine side. So yeah, we're a little but, <laughs> little woo woo and a lot type A, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. But in, and it's so cool because you tie all that in together and it becomes this this like full circle effect where you're now then teaching them so that they eventually don't need you forever too, which is exactly what you were just saying. Like it's this whole coaching mentality where you coach them to a point where they're self-sufficient and they can continue on or be, you know, kind of fly, fly off baby bird and, and have that, um, experience on their own. Cause now they've, they've learned from you and have the tools and now are applying it into their business. But you know, you don't, or you they don't can just hire you straight up. Right. But Not that's the thing. this is the thing. So, you know, COVID inspired a lot of us because as all these changes happened, 2020, to 2021. That was yeah. And continuing. It's like, yeah, from there on. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And here's what I saw. I saw all these people shifting online, personal trainers, nutritionists, health coaches, like 
everyone, even if you had like a marketing in-person thing, all of a sudden everyone was online and it was really loud. And I myself had to take a look at where am I going? Because there's a lot of great business coaches. There's a lot of people who can teach you how to get coaching clients now. Not as many five years ago, but now lots. And so I was sitting here in this, like, I have these clients that I love. I don't want to just keep like, like, so it really came down to like, this evolution. And this is advice for anyone who's looking to like add a stream of income or look for the next thing or pivot. If you like that word. Um, I looked at the garden that I had already planted. I had all these coaching clients that already knew, liked, and trusted Mm -hmm. me. And so I wanted to like facilitate that. I didn't want to go like create a whole new plot and be like an author or be like a speaker. I was like, wait, I'm in this garden. Like how can I prune and help these flowers that I've already, you know, seen blossom as coaches. And I surveyed them. I know I'm good at marketing, but I would never have thought this up in my own head. They all freaking told me when I was like, what do you actually need in your business? What do you actually come to me for? What are we actually achieving together? there. And it was always like, well, the feedback you give me on my copy and how you made me this freebie and all these things. I was like, should I just do that for you then? (laughs) It wasn't this like grand scheme. It was just like, so should we do that? Okay. We always think it's more difficult than it really is right in front of our face. But I think you bring up a good point. And I'm curious to know like what what you would tell other entrepreneurs, because I think you've done a really good job of staying disciplined to what you do and just staying good at what you do versus like what you just said, like, how do you keep yourself disciplined to be like, I'm staying in right when there's so many other things that you could probably jump on, which would just probably spread yourself thin and put more energy into something when you already have your, your thing. Right. I think people just want to jump on all the fancy, shiny things, but you're not doing that. And when you're a solopreneur, like when it's just you, you kind of have to do that, right? You have to figure out the sales hat and then you have to put on the marketing hat and then you have to put on the like coaching hat and you're just like constantly, you know, like shifting personalities. Right. And so I am a psychology junkie. Like I love personality tests. Like give me the four letter score and I will like live in that, you know? And it's really, for me, it's like, I've discovered what my zone of genius is, right? And like strategy, marketing, putting words on paper, right? And the more that I do that, the more fun I have, the more money I make, the more clients I attract. Like that energy is such a good indicator of like, is this something I need to like put my focus on? When I was like banging my head against the wall with like health coaching and like teaching yoga classes and like all these things that just like I could do, but it's what they call the zone of competence. When you're looking at like zone of genius, zone of competence, like I could do that, but I was tired. I was bored. I wasn't really thriving. right? Right. And so in learning about yourself, trusting those lessons, right? Like success leaves clues. And so the things that have worked in the past that brought you energy, that brought you income, like do more of what works. And then I use my energy as my kind of guidance, right? It's like, if I'm binging on wine and Netflix every single night, like something during the day is not working. (laughs) Maybe it's time to take a look. And the real hack to doing this is learning how to delegate. And understanding what your zone of genius is. And it's okay that you're not a bookkeeper. There are hundreds of amazing bookkeepers who get jazz doing that all day. Like give it to them. And like, I really believe that when we live in our zone of genius, we all work better. So like when I hire people, I make them take all these personality tests. I don't have a job. I have a need. And I'm like, how can your strengths help me solve this problem on our team? 
So personality tests, energy checks, and delegating. Does that answer yeah. your question in a roundabout no, way? No, it does. <laughs> and what would you say too? Because, okay, a lot of people, if they're starting their own business and they're a solopreneur, right? If they're starting off and they're like, okay, finances are in the beginning, right? I got a little to work with. Like, what should I prioritize as far as delegating, right? I can't, if, if someone can't delegate everything right now. Yeah. Would you just figure so, out what takes the, the most energy away from you? <laughs> Do that. Yeah. I mean, if anything makes you want to quit your business, cry or go to the dentist instead, like those are the things that got to go. Because if you keep, again, trying to fit your square peg into that round hole, like you're just going to be your biggest bottleneck forever. But here's the deal. So like it is hundred percent, the things that drain your energy the most, because what, how you delegate and scale, like Hiring people is an expense, right? So you need to make sure that that person makes you money or you have a strategy in place to replace their you know, expense, right? So I teach everyone, when you delegate, you need to have a plan to turn around and use that time that you win back for income producing activities. So for example, a lot of people give my team copywriting because they've been banging their head against the caption wall and they're just sick of it and it's taking too much energy. So we, we do the captions, right? So they get energy back, they get time back. I teach them to use that time to go get more leads, to go book more sales calls because a caption does not necessarily mean 5K in the bank, right? It's what you do with that time and energy that you win back that helps you afford a team. There's so many, so many takeaways here. I mean, this, I'm sitting there like just thinking, you know, I I've experienced so much of that just even in my, in my life and in my career, like there, there are long days where I'm just like sobbing. Cause it's like, you feel like you have to be in all these different areas. And it's so exhausting because it's like the one thing that you're really, really good at, you know, for example, for like me is like following through on my vision. Like I have a vision. So I'm like sitting there thinking, well, why am I beating my head off this wall doing all this crap that I know is not conducive to where I want to go. But yet, what, what is your thoughts on this? I mean, like when you do get that, you know, confidence to be like, yes, I'm going to delegate and, or bring on a team and delegate. And then you find yourself like, okay, now I feel like I'm micromanaging my team or like when is an ideal time that you like cut them loose or, you know, what, like some of these thoughts can also dominate your mind. And it's like, how do you then free that up? So you could still, even though you're delegating, you did the thing, but yet you still feel this overwhelming sensation. Like, holy crap, I still got to do it all. Yeah. Okay. Two things. The first thing is document, document, document over document. So the stuff that you're sobbing through hit record on zoom and like show people what you're doing. Right. So don't cry through it if you can get through it. But like, for example, um, I just did this with my podcast. So before I was like doing all this editing, uploading, downloading, make it an MP3, all these like stupid things. And so I just started documenting myself like, okay, watch me click Dropbox. Okay. Watch me click upload. Okay. Now I have a training that whoever can, this VA can like watch a training and have it there. I've documented it once and it's a system, right? Cause when you just rely on people, the thing about VAs or like part-time people is that they're going to come and go. So you don't want to be just like, relying on a person to get it done. You want to have that document, that system that they can go back to and follow, whether they're here for six years or six weeks. So the first thing is, um, yeah, definitely to, to document everything to give to them. 
And then that also gives them a place to go when they have questions, right? They're not like, wait, was it Dropbox or Asana? And it's like, go watch the training. Like it's all in there, right? Um, And then the other piece is, again, to hire people based on their strengths. I get it. I made the mistakes of like hiring people that I liked and my friends and like all these things. But the truth is, if you, again, put a square peg in a round hole and they're not a finisher, they're not a detail oriented person, then like they shouldn't be doing the podcast tech thing. Right. So it's like having those systems in place so that great people can come in and understand how to do their job, but then also making sure that you're picking people who have the strengths that you need. Right. And again, I get at the beginning, it's really tempting to hire a $2 VA from the Philippines, but are they going to accomplish the objective or are they going to make more work for you because of the time zones and the language and they don't know this software? So there is like a value in hiring like world-class professionals, people who've had experience with Dropbox before, like understand what you mean when you say show notes, right? Like finding those people who've had some experience and then setting them up to succeed. And this is just like a little hack. There's this little thing that helps with team management. It's called 15.5. You can go and get like a free 14-day trial. It helps you manage your team without micromanaging. It's called 15.5 because it takes your team 15 minutes to fill out and then you five minutes to look at to just like make sure they're on track. And it's not like an hour-long meeting. It's just 15.5 is a good tool for not micromanaging, I've found. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I've been in those situations where it's like you, you finally take that, that leap and you bring somebody on, but then it's the frustrational aspect to get them caught up. And then it's like, but then you feel like you're micromanaging, like I said, and then it's, it's kind of now you've added more onto your plate instead of the, the whole point of why you brought somebody on is to help remove some of this, the, the workload. And yeah, I mean, I, I think these are all, you know, very important things to really consider, even if you're on that fence and, and even, okay. So speaking to somebody who may be just starting out, all they can think of is like, I'm just overwhelmed. I don't even know what I need. I don't even know what I want. I just know that I'm like in over my head, stress beyond, but yet I can't even see past my mess to pursue that vision. So what are some of the, the tips and, uh, you know, possible suggestions that you can give to somebody who's, who's in that boat right now? Yeah. So when you're in that overwhelm, most businesses rely on money, right? Like having sales and having cash flow is your number one priority to survive. Sales is your lifeblood. So I always ask people to prioritize that first. So this doesn't have to be complicated. It's just about looking at where have your sales come from in the past? Like for me, I was like all busy on Instagram and Facebook, like doing all this stuff. But when I looked at where my clients came from, they were coming from like talks that I gave or networks that I was in or mastermind communities that I would like give a training in. So that's when I was like, okay, slow down Instagram, Facebook, and social, and let's double down on what works. Let's get me in front of more groups and just like singularity of focus to, to get that cash flow in the door, right? I get that it's not about the money, but when you don't have money, like you got to figure that out, right? Right. So just look at what's worked in the past and do more of that. Super Mm -hmm. like silly and it's not sexy and it's not a cool algorithm hack I can give you, but like that's what's going to help you get cash flow in the dark. Right. I got to say, because I feel like, I like you, man, because you're (laughs) straightforward. I feel like a lot of people that business owners are going to hire, they make it seem more difficult. (laughs) 
yeah, so exactly. that they can charge you a lot more because you don't understand what the hell they're talking about. So you're like, oh shit, I guess I need this. So I better pay for it. So I think finding someone like yourself, obviously straightforward, keep it simple. That kind of stuff is super important. And then also, which leads me to a question I was thinking about because people that business owner, it's hard to tell, right? Because when you're hiring somebody, there's price ranges sometimes all over the place. And sometimes there's someone that's really good, but they're new. So they might not charge a lot right away because they're new and they're just trying to build up their thing, but they're really good, right? For some reason, why we feel like you got to spend a lot, right? Like the higher you pay, right? It's stupid. It's like, sometimes I'm skeptical of sales because I'm like, Ooh, that, that seems like it's too low, but maybe it's a really good deal yeah. and I'm getting a good point is, yeah. point is, how do you find like a good price point per what you're doing? Obviously it's probably dependent on the size of your business too, and how much work they're going to need to do because yeah. each business. So in talking to about team, right? So we're talking about hiring team, not like, right. right. Yeah. Hiring well, a team. Okay. Here's the deal. When you're hiring, it's about a job, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, okay, here, this is exactly how I hire my team. So I have world-class copywriters on my team. They could go out and charge five times as much on their own, but they don't want to. That's not their zone of genius. They don't want to do their own marketing and sales and the hustle and like all the business organization stuff, right? So when I interview copywriters, they all have their rate sheets. They all have their websites. That's what I'm talking about. I'm inviting you to this job. And so I said, here's the expectation. Here's how much you write. Here's how much you earn. And I had, of course, one of my favorite ones say like, oh, well, I need this much. And I was like, well, that's not the job. Right. And she didn't, she didn't join the team and that's fine. Like she has her boundaries, but like that I'm looking for world-class people who want to be here, who fit in this like job, right? It's like, this is the, this is the option. And so I found that that's a really powerful shift. You know, you got to find those people who are willing to be team. Some of these people that give you their crazy rates or whatever, like they're running a different business. Right. And I found again, this like living in your zone of genius, playing to your strengths. I found that there are a lot of creatives who are not entrepreneurial. They don't want to do that. So finding the right people who will come in and thrive as a contractor or thrive as an employee, us three sitting here, we are visionaries. We are big thinkers. We want to be the boss, but we are unicorns. We all hang out together. So we think everyone thinks the way that we do, but a lot of people just really like having a steady job and you telling them what to do and you giving them the swim lane to thrive in doing what they love. Right. It's so true. Yeah. Because you, you can find this across the board and what, whether you find yourself in, you know, preferably want a job or taking that risk and a gamble being an entrepreneur. And that's a, you know, you got to look at it from two two ways, right? So whatever's conducive to you and your lifestyle is also, you know, the risk to reward ratio. So I know that there's, you know, when you're hiring out, a lot of times you find yourself hiring out other entrepreneurs who are also in that creative space, which I found is uh, not necessarily equatable to what you need in your business. So you can, you know, looking from, you know, both spectrums, you can hire off as one-off jobs or bring them on as like a team. And that is their job. Or you can also look at it as just, okay, I'm going to hire out another creative entrepreneur because they uh, need what I need. And it's just a match made. So do you find yourself kind of leaning towards more of the entrepreneurial hires or, or the jobs? Okay. So here's another hack. 
Okay. So I, I lean towards people who are entrepreneurial because they want us to succeed. Okay. They want us to have more clients. They want us to grow. They want us to keep our clients, right? They're not just like there to do the like rote clock in and clock out. And here's another hiring. Like when you're thinking about growing your team, I don't recommend hourly payment because hourly sets you up to just fail in my opinion. Okay. So the way that I inspire my team to be entrepreneurial and be creative thinkers and like almost like run their own business within our business is that pay is based on how, how many clients we have, like, how are we doing? Right. I don't just like pay out. Oh, you get this much. Cause you showed up. It's like, here's how many clients you worked with. You get paid based on that. Not how many hours you showed up. Right. Because as an entrepreneur, I care that the project is done and you like dazzled our clients. I don't care if it took you one hour. If it took you 10 hours, I don't care. I just want it to be done. And I want you to take that ownership of like, you know, being that CEO of your projects, being that CEO of your client work. Again, all of this is, you know, you can set up the systems, but I think even before we, you know, here I am giving you guys 15, five pay structure, (laughs) like whatever. But I think like Rachel, what you were saying, like being that visionary, it was almost like, it's like a sales conversation for me to hire someone. It's like, this is why you want to be here. And this is our mission. And these are the lives that we change. And this is why it matters. Oh, and then by the way, it's how much you get paid. But like, it's not about the money when you're really building this team that cares and like wants to grow and wants more of this kind of work and is living in their zone of genius. Right. So I think I'm getting in the, the weeds here a little bit, but thinking about as you hire, what's that energy? What's that vision? Where are you all going to go together is an important step that I missed getting excited, telling you all these things. <laughs> yes, I know. And so we can, we can dive into that as well. Like kind of when we get them caught up or brought on and then how do we, you know, really get the, what's your favorite, you know, when we look at it from like build, grow and scale, where do you really love, where's your lane? Yeah. So you're asking me, where's my lane on yeah. my team? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the visionary. Okay. I'm a maximizer. I'm futuristic. I'm like looking towards where we're going. And so if you look at like rocket fuel by Gino Wickman, when he mm-hmm. talks about like building your team, like I'm the visionary by definition, I'm thinking about the market. I'm looking, like we talked about, I'm looking at this garden that we're yep. in and I'm thinking about what are they going to need next? Right. And that's why it's really important for me to have people on my team who are doers, achievers, executors, implementers, right. To like, you know, to help us make that vision come to fruition, make the dream life, the real life. Right. Yeah. I would have to agree. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at too. That, that's where yeah. I, my, my zone of genius is right there. And I'm going to go on a limb here and probably assume that you read the big leap. Yes. Yes. Yeah, zone no. of genius. Yeah. And, 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 and the right? comp, yeah. And the, the zone of competence. Yeah. So one of my favorite books, I've probably read that thing probably five times the, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, you Just know, keep for taking any, big leaps, right? right? Like you have to revisit it. It's like, Oh, am I open? Like, here I go in my upper limit problem running into myself again. I love that you've reread it. That makes yeah. sense. And so anyone who's listening, if you're not even sure what your zone of genius is or your zone of competence or kind of even where to begin, I highly suggest that book because it really brought forth, you know, because when I think I read it the first time when I was in like deep overwhelm, like, I don't even know where to begin, please help. And this book was recommended. And, and I remember reading it and, you know, each time you read it, you get a whole different perspective and takeaway, but just realizing what your superpower is. 
where do you thrive uh, the most, what feels most organic and aligned with who you are and really staying in that lane. And then when we start looking at all those outside, uh, you know, things kind of trying to penetrate our, our zone of genius, those are those distractions and also things that are taking you away. And so when you find yourself being pulled away, right, that's now when it's time to either write these people down or like the things yeah. that you are sucking your energy or just pulling you away. And that's where a, a good place to start for when you're looking out to hire, right? Yeah. Uh, that was what, that was such yeah, a great takeaway. Competency, you, you know, those things that you're doing that you can get by doing, but it doesn't let you up. It's not what you're on this earth to do. Like, you ask the question there, like, who can help me with this? Not how can I do this? No, no, no. You stop getting yourself, quit stepping in how pies. You guys get that Wisconsin joke because I grew up on farms. I got okay, it. Don't, Cow pie, how pie. Yeah. Got don't it. step in the how pies, right? Ask who can help me with this. You know, when I used to do business coaching, when clients were overwhelmed, I would have them write a letter to the universe of like, here's my order. Like, this is you. This this is the universe's to-do list, right? I need a bookkeeper. I need someone to figure this out, right? And then it really is amazing what the law of attraction can help you do if you really put this on, you know, pen to paper on the things that you just need to stop doing and then ask the question, who can help me with this? And then play your law of attraction game with the universe and start, you know, kind of attracting or manifesting the right conversations with the right people who can take those things off your plate. Yes. Yeah. So, so much goodness here. I mean, seriously, like yeah. this, this, this conversation, you know, is so needed, especially for, you know, in, in the business space, right? So whether you are working at your job or if you are a, an entrepreneur just getting started or even already at that scale level. So it's, you know, having this, the right team, bringing on the right systems, the right people. And really this allows you to up level, not only you, because you get to just thrive in that, that zone of genius, but it also makes sure that your business is running at, you know, an efficient speed. You have the systems, the tools, the resources, and the people. And so all of this is what you, you do right for your business, yeah. but you know, being on two sides, like this is what you do for your business, but yet this is what you do for other people's business to help them streamline simplicity and get their business up to, you know, wherever they want it to be. Right. Here's something that I've seen with people, like as they move from that, like start to scale thing, especially women. Okay. We don't start businesses to go buy Lamborghinis. We start businesses to create movements, to win back more of ourselves, right? For our communities, our loved ones, our families. And as you delegate, as you bring team in, they're expanding your vision as well. So often we think as solopreneurs, like I have to get clients and clients, clients, clients are my only way to make my impact. My team is like my best set of clients, right? It's like, I'm giving them jobs. I'm giving them a place to live in their zone of genius. I'm giving them a creative outlet. And then we go help our clients and they love that, right? But it's just like adding and expanding your vision to have this new tier of what your impact can be. It's not just you to them. It's also you and what you can provide for your team. You can create opportunities when you start to think, who can help me with this? Not how can I do this? Yes, very much so. And so I, I know that there's so much like takeaways in just in this episode. And I mean, I got to know, I got to, I, I got to write, put it all down in my notes in my phone. 
I was going to yeah. say, I know that Aaron, Aaron's taking her notes. I got my notes and it's just incredible because like when you, when you go back and listen to this episode in full, you're going to realize how, you know, the stepping stones to get to where you want to be, but also that becomes the system that you can now outsource into the right people. So I I'm just, thank you for being here. Like, this has just been incredible. How can people learn more about you and, and, you know, hire you or help you do it for them, you know, kind of all the good. So how can people learn more about you? Yeah. So uh, speaking of the law of attraction, you're thinking about who can help me with my marketing. You can type in dreamlifeisreallife.com. That's my website, Dream Life is Real Life. It's a positive affirmation. So you're already going to be winning. And that's where you'll also learn more about how I can help with your marketing, especially for your coaching business. So if you're listening to this and you're like, copywriting, content creation, hashtagging, Facebook, like ugh, all of that is like your zone of yuck. Let's <laughs> talk because it is my zone of genius. And our team would love to help you um, strategize what your marketing calendar needs to look like, take action, write it for you. And then remember when we talked about figuring out what works and do more of that. So dreamlifeisreal.com. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Of course, we're going to put all of that and the resources too that you had mentioned in the show notes. So yes, can I give you a gift as well? Okay. Absolutely. So if you go to dreamlifeisreallife.com slash freebie, you can snag three of my standout social media posts that you can literally like copy, paste, fill in the blanks with what you do. And it's a free template you can get at slash freebie to, um, test it out yourself. And, you know, you'll get on my email list and get more updates from me that way then too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I mean, you're just so generous with all the, all the wisdom and nuggets and of course the freebie. So I know that people will be, you know, clicking the show notes, opting in and learning so much about you. So thank you so much for your time. First things. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the confident woman podcast. Um, For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.